Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up? What is up, amazing people? My name is Jake Iggy, or Iggy for short, and this is Iggy's Sports Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Iggy's Sports Talk. And if you have not yet, make sure to go over and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you get notified for weekly episodes. And also share this episode with a family or friend if you feel like it can help them in some way. I really appreciate any support that you could give because in each episode, my goal is to empower you to strive for your dreams, learn how to overcome challenges, and relieve your mental health struggles so you can live this life to the fullest. Now enjoy this week's episode of Iggy's Sports Talk. I am here with Reggie Walker, who is a former NFL player, a mental, physical, and sexual abuse survivor, an advocate, and also a personal coach. So how's it going, Reggie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, my man. So it's it's been definitely a different year than we talked last year. I think it was in 2020. You know, we, we were wondering what this new world was really going to look like. But 2021 has been a much better and relaxing year, it seems like. Not as much stress as there was last year. So how's your 2021 been going thus far? Um, I would say it's been going pretty well. Um, getting some new projects up and going and um, I've been really hitting, um, I mean, I'm really just working on a lot of projects that um, were right at the point um, very, very soon that we're going to get started. And a lot of time and effort has been going into that. So in uh, also I had, I think since the last time we talked, like I had another, I had a son. So, you know, that's been pretty awesome. Um, and, you know, I've just been enjoying life. That's awesome, man. That, that's all we can really do each day. And uh, is when, when, when did you have the son? Because, like, was it in the middle of pandemic or was it a struggle sort of to be able to have people see him and stuff? Or Oh, yeah, we had we, we definitely had a COVID baby. Um, <laughs> my wife and I had a lot of time on our hands. But <laughs> it was... Uh, we had, uh, yeah, we had them in January. Um, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a struggle. It was definitely a struggle to say the least. Um, but I was actually very grateful that people couldn't be all up in her biz mm-hmm. um, after we had our son, because that is annoying after you have kids and you have everybody and their mom that wants to be over. And you're just like, man, I don't want any of this right now. So. I was actually pretty grateful for it. <laughs> that makes sense. And and I bet you were also able to spend a lot of good time with him, be able to show him different things that you wanted him to start his life off with just to start off. And um, it honestly probably wasn't that bad of a thing that he is a COVID baby, if that's what you want to call him. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not at all. It, not at all. And getting all the free time and COVID you know, I understand that a lot of other families had major issues during COVID, but, you know, I felt like we were good um, as far as we love being around each other. And um, our family unit is really tight. So during COVID, we only got tighter and then having a baby and then the girls being able to be like mother hands to them. It was awesome. It, and it still is awesome. So, um no, I've just been really grateful for all of it. 
That's awesome. And that's all you can really do. Yeah. I mean, you can't really do anything to change the past. You, you just have to be grateful for the moment that you're in right now. And I feel, I feel like a lot of people who did have struggles being around their family all the time, because it really was just a lockdown and all right, we're going to have to be in the same place with each other for six months. But I, I feel like people were able to learn a lot about each other and learn more about themselves as well and figure out how to come closer. So did that happen with your family or? Yeah. You know, we, I would say we were pretty close, but it definitely made us a lot closer. And then, um, you know, I felt it was great. And then, you know, we had to do the whole homeschooling thing for a while. And it was something that we had talked about for a minute, uh, trying to implement. And then when we got forced to do it, we were like, you know, this is actually pretty nice. So, you know, at some point, I think we're going to end up doing that again. But, uh, you know, it's everything happens for a reason and happen and things like that. I, I really do try to take the good and bad of every situation um, because it's always there. So, and just make the most out of it. Right. I mean, that, that's really all you can do. You said it perfectly. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm really happy to hear that everything's been going great so far with your newly born son and with not only just life, but sports, everything is sort of different, especially going into the 2021 football season. Uh, because instead of 16 games, now we're going to be seeing 17 games. And as somebody who was formerly in the league, um, I was wondering, just we, we heard a lot of players very upset about the 17 games and, you know, talking about how the owners just want to make more money. Same with the league. But I'm curious on how it's really going to hurt these players stamina as well as, you know, is there going to be more injuries? Are we going to see teams making players rest more before that 17th game? How do you think it's really going to affect these players throughout the season? Oh, I am. I think, you know, and I don't want to be ultra negative about it, negative about it, but it's 17, 16 games is too many. And when you're playing a sport that has a 100% injury rate, it is the most brutal sport probably in the world outside of some of these crazy things, but 16 games is too many. And then you're adding one more game onto that. To me, that's just, and I understand, you know, they're, they're taking two of the preseason games away. Right. And then, yeah. And, but still it doesn't matter. It, Camp is brutal. You and then because you're playing a sport with a 100% injury rate, everyone is coming out of camp with some type of injury. Then um, you get to week four. After week four, I would say everybody on the team's hurt, um, and, and that's when you've developed like your thing. Is it going to be an elbow this year, or a wrist, a knee, a hamstring, a back, like whatever it is? Like, what's going to be the thing that I'm going to have to re- that's going to stay with me for most of the year, or that I'm going to have to really monitor? Because the whole time, it's you. It, you need to be available, and you're not going to be available if you're hurt. So you're playing hurt the most all the time, and you know that's what they always talk about: being hurt and being injured are two different things. You know, everyone's hurt, you know, but being injured, like, you can't go out there. Um, and I sit there and see, like, 17 games as you're going to – guys are definitely going to be ha- having shorter careers 
with that extra game, and then you're going to add playoffs onto it. It's it's baffling to me. Um, I I'm definitely on the side of I'm not a huge. I I did not think that that was a nice safe decision for the players, but at the same time, you know they came to an agreement about it. But 17, it's that's crazy to me. I mean, quite honestly, we could potentially see a very similar thing that happened in week two. It was either week two or week three. Do you remember where like 14 players got injured in that one week and like five of them were ACL tears? Oh, yeah, that's that's not a shock, especially with, you know, people had to train on their own a lot. Right. Um, some people are simply better than others at training on their own. Um, so, no, that that wasn't a shock at all. Um no, I, I, I definitely expected a lot of soft tissue stuff to happen, for sure. Um, so, no, none of this is a shock. No, not, none at all. But, like, it's, it's unfortunate to hear you say, like, we, we could see players, like, having shorter careers because, you know, it, it's really interesting to see how many players really push back on this and that it ultimately just fully went through. But like you said, like, they came to agreement. We're going to see how it works for this first year. But, I mean, we could potentially see guys falling like flies. And then by the end of this season, you know, Goodell is going to be like, all right, like this probably didn't work out how we expected it to. Well, it's I'm saying where I'm coming from with it is there, you're definitely going to see uh, shorter careers because of the fact that, I know guys are not going to want to sit here and sign up to play 17 freaking games in a season plus the playoffs and then the preseason and camp and sign up for that every year. What a lot of people don't know is after you've done one season and you get a break and then you go through that period where it's like you're trying to heal yourself for a month or two. Getting back into it is one of the worst things. It's awful. It sucks to get back into it. And each year that you play, it gets harder and harder to do that because the seat, because you know what you're getting, you're preparing yourself for, and you know it's going to be so brutal. Um, and you know you're going to get hurt. You know it's going to be a lot of pressure. You know you're going to have all this anxiety and paranoia. Like signing up for it each year, it's like you got to sign up for it mentally each year. So signing up for 17 games, that's why I say a lot of people are going to have fewer careers because they're like, dude, I'm not going to want to do this this whole time. Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's Guys are starting to have shorter careers now, now that they understand that football simply is just a tool. Like, as much as um, people on the outside or a lot of people want to make it this end-all, be-all, whatever, glory, blah, blah, blah thing, it really is just a tool to get to where you want to be in life. Like, I'm using my skills here to create the life that I want. And now that guys are getting smarter about the process and they realize, like, man, I could honestly just play one or two or three years and get everything that I want from this still keep my body relatively intact and go do the thing that I actually want to do that brings me all this joy and contentment and fulfillment and not have to take years off my, off my life to do it. And 
you're going to see more guys do that because they're, I've already seen the, the group of college players that are coming up and they're a lot smarter about things than we were. And they're going to continue to get smarter about the whole process of it all. And then with the NIL, oh yeah, I, you're going to see fewer, fewer like 10 year, 10 year careers for, for sure. Like I'd bet on it. That makes sense. I mean, especially just like the physical, the physical sort of uh, things that you go through during those years. And like you said, the injuries and the massive hits day in or week in and week out. Uh, but I, I was curious, you know, you talked about that anxiety, that pressure, and what, what is sort of that mental struggle throughout that NFL season, especially during that entire season, especially if you get to the playoffs. But like you said, people look at the NFL players as glory. You're making all this money. You've always dreamed of this. So what are you complaining about? Man. Okay. So what the job is, we're going to give you a lot of money to play a game that you love playing hundred percent. You're going to get that. But what you're also going to get is the fact that you're on a week to week job. It's week to week. I don't give a crap. If you got five years, whatever, three years, whatever, first round, second round. No, it is a week to week job. There is literally three people, three to four people on that roster who no matter what they can, they do on a game, they're going to be there the next week. Everyone else is week to week, and you know it. Um, you're always hurt because it's a 100%. The job carries with it 100% injury race. Not an if thing, it's a win thing. So you are going to be hurt. And I'm not just saying, like, oh, my elbow hurts. I'm talking about, like, like it's hard to get out of bed. Like, I'm taking pain pills to go get through practice. It, by week four, I would try to get to week four, but it was hard to get to week four. I'm taking pain pills just to get through the day, not sleeping well because I'm hurting so bad. The anxiety and paranoia of having a job that you know is week to week that um, you and you know that there it, the scenario is too. Yeah, we're going to let you play your game. You're going to play the game that you love. We're going to get you a, give you a boatload of money. But and but it's going to be week to week, and the what's a good way of putting this? The we're going to also find ways, like you're for you to keep this job, you got to make sure that we you don't give us one reason to get you up out of here, one reason. And it could be anything like you have a weird interaction with somebody you have weird. Like it's so small. Like I've seen, like seen it weird interaction. You do something wrong on a play and that makes some coach or somebody think, you know, we can't trust that guy all of a sudden um, anything. And it's literally anything to get you out there. So you're walking on eggshells every single day, every single week, and you do this for such a long period of time, man, you're going to be an anxious, paranoid mess <laughs> just yeah, to yeah. get through this. I can't even grasp that. That's nuts. 
but it's but people you know and people aren't going to care mostly because it's like you're making such a load of money i'm like but dude it is the most fragile situation you could think of and you can't even help getting hurt you know you could just run and twist your ankle and you're like oh man this might be the thing (laughs) that gets me me out of here like it anything um so no so like when i got done that was one of the things I was so grateful for is that I did not have to be in that situation again. Like it's, it's toxic stress. It's not just regular stress. Like, and you know that every, you have to catch as much as you can. So you're trying to be hyper vigilant, trying to catch everything and peep everything that's going around. And when you get done, it takes you, it took me years to get out of that mindset because you're just training yourself to be that. So like, that's why another reason like guys are not going to stay in this for like 10 years they're not going to want to do that with 17 games like i feel like that's just like the 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 piece of straw, straw that broke the camel's back or something you know like no way bro <laughs> yeah i mean especially kind of like that war mentality that you kind of have to go through. Like it's, it's me against you. Like it's, it's not like a easy, soft sport. Uh, like, like kind of like my favorite sport, baseball, but cause, cause you're like literally trying to hurt the guy. So then you can get the upper hand on him. And so what is that sort of mindset that you need to get into before the game? And how tough is it to be able to get out of that mindset after the game ends? <laughs> I, it reminds me of uh, one of the Avengers movies when the Hulk was like, you know, people wonder, how, you know, how can I get into this so quickly? And he's like, I can't remember how exactly when, but you just, you keep it with you all the time. I remember um, I'd wake up at five, drive into work, and while I'm driving in, I'm listening to all like, you know, F you, blah, 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 hold this, blah, 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 like all this terrible, like up music that's going to get me into this place. Um, because, you know, you got to protect yourself out here. And, you know, they're coming, they're coming just like you're coming. And y'all might be on the same team, but this isn't like, these are my coworkers. Like, we're not like, it's not like high school or like, literally where it's like we're a team and you know we're all in this together no we're all trying this is our job and we're trying to keep our job and even in that even with being on a team it's still me against you and it ain't gonna be me so you so i would listen to this music to like get myself ready for it and um i would go through the day go through practice and then when i drive home i would listen to some like relaxing stuff like some jazz some r&b like you know 432 hertz music like whatever but i would only listen to it to a point maybe like an hour or like tops because you had to keep that with you it's not safe if you don't keep that with you at all times so you're always kind of like ready to go um and it it's something that the longer I saw with myself that I had to keep myself in this mentality, I saw that it started like eating away at me because you're constantly like, 
like just cock ready to go. Right. And um, just ready for somebody to run up. And, you know, it eats up at, after you after a while, just being so on edge all the time. And it took me years to break this habit because I was in this mindset for like a decade. So it's, so no, it's, it's really, it's really not good. Um, but that's why it's good to have those times where you can like chill out. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand how to, to be in this environment mentally, what you have to do. It's not like any other environment that I've been in. It's not like a sales environment. It's not like right. high stress job. Like, no, this is like my own safety on the line too. Not as well as financial and, you know, trying to be a father and all that attached to it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a really dark place you got to go to. I mean, I can only imagine, I, I mean, kind of being on edge, like 24 hours of the day, 365 throughout that time. And especially when you're not on the field and you're just in a regular environment where either you're around friends, around family, and you know, something doesn't go right and you're on edge. Like, and, and now, now it sort of makes sense. Cause I, I've, I've never really thought about it this way. You know, we see a lot of football players get into bar fights, get into trouble off the field just with different assault charges. And that's in, in, it, do you think it's because they are on edge all that time and, and oh, just have to be in that mentality? It absolutely, play, it absolutely plays a part. You're not going to tell me um, somebody who's subject to this type of environment all day long with anxiety, paranoia, toxic stress, so life or death situation, me against you, you're constantly wound up. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to tell me that if someone's going to give you a little push or something happens that whatever, anything, that that's not going to play somewhat of a part in how this person interacts in this situation. Right. You know, it's not a shocker to me that a lot of guys have issues coming out with transitioning and as well as some people getting in trouble with the law, not a shock. Um, to be honest, anything that someone does after they get out of a situation is not a shock to me at all. You know, I've had friends kill themselves. I've had friends that go, went homeless, like just uh, most people, more people than not that I know that played ball with me, whether it was uh, college or NFL, are not doing well. Um, it's most of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not, none of this is a shock, you know? So well, also it's, it's like a whole like long journey that you have to get through to get to the NFL. I, I mean, you're, you're having that mentality through high school, through college, and especially with college, having that pressure of getting to that final stage of the NFL. But I want to talk to you a little bit about, especially with those younger prospects. I mean, we see a lot of times at the top of the draft, there's a quarterback that is going to a bad franchise or a franchise that has lost a lot. And there's just immediately right when that team picks him and he puts on that hat, there's just a snap of a finger all this pressure on him that he has to fix everything 
within the four years that he's there. And if he doesn't, he's a bust. He's a failure. And I, I can't even imagine just the amount of pressure that these guys have to deal with just so young coming into the league with all this fame and all these expectations that are really just unrealistic. No, it's a situation where if you're not mentally strong enough to a certain level with doing this job, you're, it's going to eat you up and chew you out, spit you out. You're never going to come back from it um, more times than not. It's not only do you have and you have pressure from the organization, you have pressure from fans, you have pressure from close people around you. You're doing this all by yourself, essentially, because there's how many people can actually relate to what you're going through? Very few. How many of these people who can actually relate to you are you even in contact with? Very few, if any. So you're doing all of this alone. And if you, that's why I say if you're not mentally strong to a point, it's going to break you. Just like it's broken most first-round picks or second-round picks or draft picks, it's, it is what it is. It's because it's so much pressure and you have to be able to basically put the blinders on, um, you know, and cut out and not even pay attention to what 99% of people, what they're saying to you. And that's very hard because it's, it's a, it's like a trap because you start listening to either what people are saying that's good about you and they got you. Now you're, paying attention to it every single time you're letting them validate you there. And even though they have no idea what's going on in the field, they have no idea if you really messed up or not. Um, so, but you're paying attention to them. It's distracting you. It's taking away from your play. They got you. If you're looking, looking, listening to all the baddie and trying to please and a group of people where their opinions are like a feather in the wind, just going all over the place, you know, you're always going to lose that battle. So, and you're taking all the energy away from playing They boom, they got used to trap. You're done. Um, and it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. Um, so yeah, that's why, you know, a lot of stuff that I do and even speaking, I try to get these people prepared before they can even get to that point because to be mentally prepared for this you know um because it is mental warfare 100 percent. i mean i i think a perfect example uh of this and you know as a fan i i i'm definitely guilty for it with the, with the patriots this past season with cam newton i had all these expectations that i made up in my mind from the media from all these people talking about how you know, he is, he has all this potential to come back from these shoulder surgeries. Me in my mind from the 20 years that I've been programmed of winning in New England because of Tom Brady, there's all this pressure that he had to live up to. And then just after four or five weeks where it doesn't uh, exceed or meet the expectations that people made up in their minds, everybody's talking about, well, is Cam over? Is his, is, is his career done? What are they going to do? Should they release him? And 
it's just crazy to see how much fans really tie these expectations that the media and people make up to that that has to be the reality or if it isn't it's a complete failure and we're going to go on social media and completely attack you personally and it's it's just crazy that people don't fully understand how tough it is mentally for these athletes yeah it well yeah it's that plus it's you know the crazy part and the the funny part to me about a lot of these articles that come out about teams or players or and they're telling you what's happening and what everyone's thinking and you know or they tell you oh in this game this play happened and it was this guy's fault mm-hmm. what most people don't understand is you will as a fan or any outside spectator you're never really going to know whose fault it was on any play 99 times out of 100 unless it's just like so blatant you know like obviously it's this guy's fault (laughs) like this guy did it um or and you're not going to know a lot of the inner dynamics as to why they're doing what they're doing, whether they're, whether they're calling certain plays for certain reasons, why, why this guy is not playing, why this guy is not throwing, why this guy isn't getting past the storm. You're never going to know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So even as a fan, if you really like your team, you really just have to have faith into in what they're doing and that they know more than you about what's going on. And there's, it's just, it's just easy because I, you know, I I can fall into the trap. We all can fall into the trap. I feel like it's a human thing to want to place blame on something, especially if we have an emotional tie to it. But the fact of the matter is you're never going to know what's going on in that game. That's why it's something like, not that I'm bashing like, pff or any of that but i will look at it and i'm just like because i know the techniques and i know what certain guys are coached to do and not coached to do and they're like and i used to hate it in games like i'm taking on a fullback and my coach tells me to hit him on his outside get my hands on him and make the ball back go back inside they're like don't make the play just make sure you knock the ball back this is how we're going to fit on the play and then an announcer will be like, oh, great block by this fullback. Like, the guy just got his hands on it and he didn't even get off the, like, look at him. He's above, above, above. <laughs> And you're like, dude, I had close to do that. Like, I did good. Like, that's right. a plus for me. But, you know, but there's so, a lot of these guys, are, I'm not going to say names, but there's one guy in particular who's terrible about this. Um, but they're so quick to just place the blame and you can't just get like, bro, you don't even know. Like, <laughs> but you know, I, I could go into this forever. Like, oh, it's, but you, you have to have faith into in what they're doing and the decisions they're making or given the evidence that they have that you don't have is the best thing that you should be doing, you know, essentially. Well, as fans, like we, we think that we know everything and it's because we're currently right now in the world of information where as fans, we have information at our fingertips. If we want to know how so-and-so did during a certain game, we have the stats. There's all these analytics. There's 
all these different saber saber metrics that are able to tell us specifics. And we feel like that that fully paints the picture of exactly what it is. But we don't think about like what was the pregame preparation exactly like you said, what did the coach tell him? And it kind of ties all into just like that pressure, because like as a player, you have to listen to the coach or you're going to get benched or you could get cut. And as fans, we place the blame on the player when it could actually be the coach making the wrong decision. Or, you know, it's the NFL and those guys get paid too. You know, they could have done something that was just like, you know, people create different types of plays all the time and they could have just ran like a hell of a play. You know, I've, I've been a part of games where it was like, man, we got a great scheme. Like, this guy is just playing so otherworldly that, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, I, I remember we played Aaron Rodgers one time um, in the season. I think it was my first or second year. And he was, he killed us. And it was one of those scenarios where, man, we're doing all these blitzes. They're getting pressure. Like, this, like he's just making sensational throw mm-hmm. after sensational throw after sensational throw and make and throwing it to places where only the receiver is going to catch this and they had beast right. receivers so you're just like what are you going to do you know we're doing <laughs> so we can uh, but it's and that's something that was different from like college like college that you can no you can shut anything down mm-hmm. nfl no there are certain people that are like this guy is going to, I don't give, I don't care what y'all do. Like he's going to get his points. He's going to get his yards. It's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you you know, you, you just not, you're never going to know fully what's going on out there on that field, but um, it's just an estimated guess. Especially within the guy's heads. And I, I feel like, especially for NFL players or football players in general, you're taught kind of like we talked about earlier, you're taught so much to be this masculine warrior that's big and strong and doesn't have any feelings, but everybody has mental health issues to some degree. Everybody has some sort of worry, some sort of anxiety, even if they don't know it. And especially as men we're taught so much to not open up and to be that strong, masculine person. And, you know, it was really brought up like last month, because it was mental health, men's mental health awareness, you know, st- statistics were coming out that more than 80% of suicides come from men. And it's something where I wanted to hear your thoughts on how do you think men can feel more comfortable to open up, especially people who are taught like football players to be so masculine and tough? I would say taking taking the first step to just talk to somebody. I would definitely recommend somebody that, you know, you could trust that, you know, the conversation is going to stay between you two and they're just going to let you talk and not be there to give you some fancy phenomenal advice. Like they, they are the person that, you know, you can just vent to or just talk to doing that first, because And then even opening up and being real with other men, because the thing that I've noticed um, 
because you know you know i'm a pretty open guy when i talk to other men about this stuff it's every guy you know and if you're living in america you know what come on now we're in this rat race like everyone's got to make it we got to get dough got to get money you got to survive it's not cheap to live in america and when you live through this and then come on we you know the political stuff that's been going on and all the up there's been stuff after stuff after stuff that's popping out covid how are you not going to have something that you're dealing with right now right any one of us it's hard living out here and the thing that i realize is everybody's going through it and when you sit there and talk to someone else either like somebody you could vent to or just open up yourself for someone else to talk to you when you can do that and offer that to somebody else you realize man i i am really not the only one and Mm -hmm. being able to open up or let someone else open up to you man that does so much good for them that they're going to want to give it back to you right like and that's how you guys can form a common bond so you can actually start the whole system of unloading all this stuff that i'm carrying around every day by offering up yourself first to 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 you know be an ear for someone or you know using the channels that are available to you but you got to get it out um you got to get it out and people got to stop thinking that man i'm i'm the only one going through this i'm the only one thinking this i'm the only one like this is crazy no everybody has crazy thoughts every one of us we're living in this reality <laughs> like it's crazy stuff is crazy you in you know you could look at like I, I i try to explain this to like my daughter right because she thinks a lot like me like she's like i'm very imaginative very so i'll see it and i feel like i'm like a dog it almost like i see yellow like bus <laughs> you know <laughs> but, you know i didn't tell her like everyone has all these like these ridiculous thoughts mm-hmm. you know and when you share your ridiculous thoughts with someone that you can trust you realize that they're they're just as ridiculous as you if not more right. and it's okay but just talk about it you know Right. I, I think that's the number one thing. And we, we make up so much in our minds about what people are going to think, you know, compare ourselves to other people as well. And I, th- I think that's I think that fear of um, what people think is so much tied to social media with seeing comments and always being commented or criticized about different things. And it's tough for people to feel open to talk about that stuff. But I, I agree. You, you really do got to have that support system around you, but also like have the open-mindedness to be able to be open to that advice and understand that you don't have all the answers. None of us do. We, and it's, and none of us do. And none of us have the time to have, to really know everything about everything. It is, when you really think about it, if we really want to live in this environment and be safe and know what's going on, we have to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. We absolutely need to have different perspectives on our problems. It's very beneficial. Um, so you have to open up yourself for to like create those lines of communication. And it is a give and take too. But that's why I say you need to give a little bit of yourself. Like you offer, you want an ear, give an ear. And it's, 
and most people just want to give the mouth and not give the ear, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, be willing to give an ear, to get an ear. Well, kind of like you brought up with all this um, stuff that's going around the country, going around the world, just uh, so much unknown. I mean, especially in the last year, especially for myself, since since I just recently graduated college, um, wanting to go into sports, I had a, so much anxiety about the unknown and making up assumptions and hypotheticals in my mind and, you know, worrying about if things didn't go exactly how I wanted it to. And especially for yourself, getting out of the NFL and just being programmed to be this person for so many years of your life. How were you really able to overcome that worry or anxiety of the unknown? Curiosity and not, I would say curiosity, but not your typical curiosity. I'm talking about an extreme curiosity that is combined with like a fearlessness. Um, no, I would not would say fearlessness, like a like a bravery, like a, a courage courageously brave <laughs> curiously brave <laughs> because when you deal with the unknown you're dealing with like man it, all these bad things could happen but then you're also dealing with all these good things could happen and then whenever you play the game of thinking oh I figured it out this is what's going to happen if I do this or this is what's going to happen when I do this you play that game enough, you realize that it's always somewhere kind of in between and you never really got the whole situation, but like completely figured out anyway. We cannot, no matter how much we try, we cannot tell the future. We can't. We like to an exact sense, like this is exactly how it's going to happen. Never. It's not, don't even play the game. You really can't. Like, you're really going to step into, I don't know what's going to happen, but I step into it every single time, knowing whatever's going to come, I'm going to be aware of it, first and foremost. That means I'm going to be paying attention to what's in front of my face for whatever it is. And I'm going to take it for whatever it is, because it's both good and bad. So I'm not going to play the game of being too up or down. This is all good. This is all bad. No, it's I'm going to take it for whatever it's going to get. But I'm so hyper focused on whatever I get. Like, as soon as I know what it is and, I, and I've already seen what it is, then I'm going to make my step. And that's when I start planning. That's when I start doing all these things. Like, once I see what it is first. Um, right. But, like, so I'm really focused on just seeing what it is. Like, whatever it is, whatever it is, like, bring it on. Like, and I know that whatever is, is going to come in front of me, I can handle it mm -hmm. if I take a step back and just make a little plan. Right. Like, like, because it's, it's never what never, things are never what you think they're going to be. But when you expose yourself to this unknown and just take a step back and analyze what you're, what's getting in front of you, it's, it dissipates the anxiety of, of going through this, process you know is it like i take a step in i take a step out i take a step in i take a step out 
Um, you do that for a while. And then after a while, you get to the point where you're just walking in it. And as it, as it's coming, you're just taking things. And it's like, Oh, this is this, Oh, this is this, but you're still going forward. If that makes any sense, because I can really see how that's not making any sense. Um, <laughs> that makes sense or not? Lose you a little makes bit. Sense. Okay. But you have to literally at first baby step it. Right. baby step yourself into unknown keep your mind open keep yourself level and you got to train yourself to think this way every time you're going into the unknown but it's just like anything else any skill you really want to have in this world i truly believe that if you focus on it for like a month you're it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna equip yourself with it anything i've there's nothing that i've any habit any trait anything like that that I've not been able to equip myself with if I've just given myself 30 days, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, so if you really try to look at the unknown for this for 30 days, eventually you don't even have to think of it. Like you just automatically go into this process. So, you know, if that made any sense. (laughs) I, I, I think it's, it's also like the component as well of belief belief that it's all going to work out because if you program your mind and you continuously say or make up like this won't work out if this happens this won't work out but if you have that belief that it's all going to work out and kind of like you mentioned earlier and this is a motto that i tell myself every single day every second of the day so i stay sane is everything happens for a reason and it's something where it's really tough to be able to fully grasp that mindset and that perspective all the time. Uh, but I, I wanted to sort of ask you as well. Um, just one of the last things I wanted to ask you was looking at the NFL and just sports in general, we talked a lot about how it's tough for people to open up and be comfortable being vulnerable, especially in sports. And so I was wondering what you think the NFL and other sports can do to raise awareness and help end the stigma of mental health. Um, not only in sports, but in society. Uh, That's a good question. I would say to help end this stigma, I think really getting players to kind of talk about more um, what it is, how they're feeling, making the environment more welcoming for guys to express how they feel and not have to face repercussions or um, it being viewed as a negative or, you know, that's the reason we, we can't have you on this team is because you're going through mental health issues. Like, no, it's like more welcoming and more understanding to that. Um, That in more guys actually being able to just speak about it. I think that needs to happen, you know, not just guys like myself who are are like out of the environment, but guys who are still playing, letting more of them speak about it, being like getting their stories out there, being, making it welcome. Like, it's okay. Um, We get it. And then we're also going to, you know, we got your back too, because we know this. So we're going to give you the resources available too to maintain your mental health. 
um, because that still needs to happen. And we're still a bit away. There's definitely some steps. They made some steps in the right direction, but, you know, we still have some ways to go. But I would say just that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've seen the NFL has has done some – they've showcased a few mental health stories, but it's only on their YouTube. They haven't done it to any of their other uh, social media, unfortunately. I I think that's the biggest thing, especially with – showing younger kids on social media because that's where they usually are is that these role models these people that you emulate are opening up so you're able to open up as well and and it feels more comfortable and not as daunting because you know there's this whole perception that if you have mental health issues you're crazy or you're different and that's just not the case at all yeah or you're a liability and that's not the case at all because everyone has issues Mm -hmm. and even though you have issues there's you can still do things even with these issues you know and you know that's why even in my situation I wasn't as open as I wish I would have been while I was playing about my mental health issues but that's because I didn't want to be seen as a liability and you know I, I I just don't want that for any other guy yeah, that, that's that's honestly very sad, and and it's unfortunate that that environment um, was was like that. And you know, like like we've talked about, it's gotten a lot better, and I, I hope guys are able to be more open about it. Especially, it's able to help a team get closer to get closer to each other. Um, but <laughs> last thing that I like to ask all my guests is, uh, what relief methods um, have really helped you with your anxiety or mental health issues? I've been doing this, this, uh, this real innovative uh, new thing called sleeping. It's been amazing. Um, <laughs> I am a night owl and I love the nighttime. I feel like I get energized after 10 o'clock. Like I, I can stay up, but sleeping. And during the day when I'm tired. I will take a nap. Even if it's a 10 minute nap, 15 minute nap, 30 minute nap, like I will just sleep. And instead of just like, like making it so there's no way I can take this nap, this, uh, I don't, I got to work, 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 work. I got to do this, 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 and this. Like I can just take a step back, take five minutes to just plan and be like, all right, I'm going to, take a nap or I'm going to get to sleep at this time, wake up at this time and handle these things. I don't need to handle everything right now. Uh, There's always going to be things that need to get done, but I can't get things done if I'm falling asleep or I'm dead tired or I'm not mentally there. So how about I take some time to just take a 10, 15 minute nap and then hit this again. You know, I've been taking a lot of naps and that's been extremely beneficial uh, lately. So, yeah, I would say try to sleep when you can. Like, even even if for those people who are getting less sleep at night, like a 10, 15-minute nap during the day does wonders. Yeah. I, I, I take I take 15, 20-minute uh, naps, and those are my recharge. And I, I feel like so many times, kind of like you alluded to, is that, we say in our minds, Oh, we don't have time. Oh, we can't take a nap. We, we don't have time. And you know, it has to be a whole process to go and take that nap. Um, 
but I, I believe that, yeah, de- definitely having enough energy, having enough sleep and allowing your mind to be able to actually rest is super duper important. Super. Well, Reggie, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about all these different things. I, I think that this conversation was really important. I think it's going to really help a lot of people fully understand what these athletes and especially people in the NFL really have to go through mentally. And I quite honestly learned so much today. Oh, I appreciate that. And so as did I, and thank you for having me on for sure. Absolutely. My man. So for anybody who's listening right now or watching, where can people learn more about what you're doing currently and follow you? Oh, just hit me up on LinkedIn. That's the platform I'm most active on. I, you could maybe hit me up on uh, Instagram, but that's more of my like personal thing at rwalk56. Um, I don't post that much on Instagram, but like, uh, no, my uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's that's probably the best way. Perfect. So everybody, go and reach out to Reggie if if you have any sort of questions after this conversation. So I hope everybody did enjoy it. Have a great rest of your day. Perfect. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to be posting this um, next Thursday at 7 PM Eastern time. Okay, cool. Yeah. I hope I didn't sound like super negative about what was the league was, but it's like, that's what it is. Well, no, not you were honest. And, and I, I, I feel like, like, I, I honestly had no clue about that. And it helps me a lot more as, as a fan and somebody who wants to get involved um, with these types of conversations, understand a little bit more um, because like, like I said, I, I really had no clue about that stuff. Oh yeah. Like, dude, is it, it's day to day, bro. <laughs> you got this and then you bought all this stuff and you're like, shit, I could lose this shit tomorrow. Right. <laughs> like this is no, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm just. I just hope I just wasn't super negative. That's why I don't even talk about it that much because it's hard to it's hard to talk about it and people not look at it as you're being bitter. I'm not. I love my mm-hmm. career. Um, it's that's just what it is. Well, I mean, even even like it's with every sport. Like I was just thinking like with my league baseball, with the practice squad for the NFL, with the G league and the NBA, like it's all about just like meeting people's expectations and you're, you're just worrying every single day. If you're going to have a job tomorrow, like, Oh yeah. Meeting people's expectations that you have no idea what they are. <laughs> and you know, because they're telling you one thing, but it can be, could be something completely different. You have right. to be really good at reading between the lines. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yep. But yeah, let's, but, let's definitely keep in touch. And I, uh, I actually reached out to that CEO of the, um, of the mental fitness, and him, him, and I had a really good conversation. So I appreciate you connecting us. Oh no problemo. Anytime, anything, anything you need, and again, anything you need. If I can help, I'll help. If I can, I'll let you know. But I appreciate uh, it, man. Yeah, yeah, bro, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I, glad to, I'm glad to see the, the route you're going down and appreciate it. Like I said, bro, if that's where the energy's at, like 100%. now, now the quest is how can I make this happen with what right. I got? Yeah, I, I actually just uh, when, when I first started this new direction, I, I came up with a with an o- overall goal 
I want to help a million people with their mental health in some way, shape or form with my voice through this podcast, through just, just different stuff that I can do throughout my life. Um, if at the end of the day, I, I, I can be able to do that. I, I, I think I'm fulfilled. Yeah. You're going to help way more than a million. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it, that's, the, that's the hope. That's the goal. But yeah. So if you, if you know anybody similar in this space that you can connect me with, I, I'd really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I should, I should, uh, I should introduce you to my uh, business partner, uh, David. It, um, yeah, he's like the 300 pound vegan. He has a really big social media uh, base. Um, he's spoken at Harvard, Yale, internationally. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah. That's like my partner. So that's I'll awesome. hit him up and uh, I'll introduce you guys. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, because like I, I like because with this new venture as well, like I'm not, I'm not only trying to do sports. Like the whole like mission statement is to use other people's stories and experiences to help people learn how to get through their mental health, overcome challenges, and ultimately live this life to the fullest. Oh, dope. 100% with it. Yeah. So, awesome, yeah. And I, I, so I'll connect you to um, count on that. And then, um, yeah, if there's anything yeah, you need from me, just let me know. Definitely, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, Mel. Hope you have a uh, much more smoother week or few days uh, and, and everything is able to, um, you know, work, work out how it's supposed to, but def- definitely check out that uh, breath work app um, because oh, I'll check it out. sleep and stuff. Cause they have like, they have like minute functions, like three minute functions. Like I do it before I go to bed and it gets me in a very tired state. And I'm the type of person who like, I have to take these little gummy things so I can shut my mind off. Cause I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I can stay up until two or three a.m. just like doing stuff because my mind is racing and um, oh, easy. Times right yeah, it's nothing. Right yeah, it's nothing to stay up to two a.m., two three a.m. It's nothing. Is yeah, that's why it's like I've been meditating a lot at night and listening to audiobooks and that gets me. Okay. But I'm gonna try to get to bed. But uh, all right, man. I'll let you do your thing. Perfect. Meet you. Talk to you later, my man. Have a great all day. Right, bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.